Well, Mike, thanks so much for joining me today. Glad to be here, Adam, and uh, with your first free family. And uh, greetings from Des Moines, Iowa. <laughs> Thank you. It has been awesome to get to know you lately in your new role, which I'll ask you about in a bit. But um, you've just been an incredible encouragement to me and have made a lot of time for me um, over the last few months, especially, and just helped me uh, grow as a pastor and, and given me a lot of uh, mentoring and insight. And so I just want to thank you for that right off the bat. Oh, man, you're welcome. Glad. I mean, that's the joy of, of this role is to be able to come alongside pastors and churches and leaders. Um, so the, my joy. Thank you. I want to get more into your role so that everybody at our church can understand what you do and how that's related to our church and the EFCA. Uh, before I do that, can we just hear a little bit more about you? Where did you grow up? Um, how did you start to follow Jesus? I would say, you know, the old saying, I grew up in a, a nominal Christian home. It would be really more non-Christian, actually. And I was, um, as, a, as a child, I had a fear of God. I had a sense of God's presence, but I had no idea why. I didn't understand the gospel. I was uh, about 13. My father developed melanoma cancer. A year later, he was dead. He was go uh, gone, and he accepted Christ. A pastor came and shared the gospel with him, and he accepted Christ um, about two weeks before he died. And that impacted me greater than anything else. But as a 13-year-old, I, I, I kind of started guessing at life. And when you guess as a teenager, you get everything wrong. I got everything wrong. At 17, I heard the gospel for the very first time. And it was actually uh, in a church where maybe you wouldn't expect to have heard it, but the pastor shared a gospel message. I committed my life to Christ and went on to um, be discipled by a, by a good free church guy when I went to college. I went to Trinity College and played basketball. God had me there to grow in Christ and be discipled. And then I went right from there into uh, the MDiv across the street and, um, and went right into ministry as a free church pastor uh, for about 27 years. And here I am as, a, as DS, never, ever would have assumed I'd end up in this role. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit. Um, but it's interesting to me that you got connected to the free church very early then. I did. I had no idea it even existed, really, and until I went and, and played basketball at Trinity and still had no clue it was a pre-church school. It was, it was a place I could go and, and, and continue something I enjoyed. And uh, obviously, the chaplain there, being a godly man, um, he asked me if he could disciple me. I had no idea what that meant. And so as a, a very young Christian, um, it, it just stuck. Uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit, being living in living a gospel-centered life, having a concern about eternity and not the here and now, and then concerned about other people and whether they know Christ in a personal way. Everything changed. And I met a godly woman, and uh, we uh, have been married now 35 years, and she is just an amazing partner. She grew up in the free church, and so she is a purebred uh, free church young lady, I mean, through and through, and a godly, godly woman. So what a blessing God has given me in that. 
That is awesome. I am a, a transplant, obviously just recently uh, became a part of the EFCA as, at, at an EFCA church. But years ago, I studied different groups of churches and I had concluded, you can check with my wife many years ago, if I were to ever want to join a different church group, it would be the EFCA because I love the, the positions that we stand on. I love that we major on the majors and minor on the minors. It just uh, compared to every other church out there aligned with what my own study of the word of God had led me to conclude. And I will say now, having been a pastor in a free church for three and a half years, um, it, it is it is what's advertised. It is what's on the tin. You know, not that we don't certainly have our differences that we wrestle with from time to time. Um, typically speaking, those secondary issues don't uh, get blown out of proportion too much like I've seen in other churches. So I, I really praise God for that. And I'm glad to be part of the free church and glad to to be able to connect with and work with you. And you recently took on a new role with the Free Church. Could you tell us what that role is and what you do? Sure. I became the district superintendent of our EFCA Central, which is Southern South Dakota, Iowa, Missouri, and Arkansas. And so we have a we have a broad uh, territory. We have 135 churches and about 250 pastors. And in that, uh, I, I have the opportunity to encourage, to get to know our pastors and their wives. And I've traveled about 40,000 miles in the past 12 months and connected with as many pastors as I could possibly connect with and churches. And I, I just feel like I've been tremendously blessed to be in this role. I never would have anticipated it. I figured it was, it was I wanted to be in the local church. I love the local church. And in this role, however, I get to be able to pray for, encourage, come alongside our pastors. And that's our greatest resource. Our greatest resource is our people and our pastors and, and their wives. They're amazing. And um, Adam, blessed to get to know you and, and have some time with you and some of the rest of your staff as well. Uh, but that's my greatest joy is to be able to be in this role and, and have an impact on maybe the health and the transformational growth of our churches reaching people for christ in the next generation so anyway that's that's my uh, joy in this role yeah i can tell you're very passionate about it and i think you're perfect for it you've spent time in st louis and you've been in a lot of our different areas meeting with pastors maybe you could give everyone watching a, a little bit of a sense of where our district is at right now where our churches are at kind of what does that landscape look like for us so we have, like any other denomination that is a Bible teaching denomination, our heart is for gospel clarity. And I have found that our churches resonate the gospel in a powerful way. Uh, our pastors are well-trained. Our elders and leaders in the local church have a, have a deep heart for the word of God and for the gospel. And for that, I, I'm, I, I really feel like that is why God's blessing our denomination. So we have a, we have a heart for his word. We also have a desire to see others come to faith in Christ. And I'll tell you a little bit in, uh, as we go further here, but uh, some of the goals for the future. But as I travel, one of my concerns, and, and you all can be in, in prayer about this, is that a lot of our churches are in need of revitalization. We have churches that have gone through some difficult times. We have some that uh, are trying to heal from maybe a time where uh, they had some difference of opinion and some difficulties. And in that, what I found is 
the churches that are willing to humble themselves and be repentant and, and recognize that God is, is close to the brokenhearted. And that is where his desire is for us to be, is to be totally dependent on him. Those churches are actually growing and being blessed and reaching their community. And when, when we're kind of stubborn and we pull back and, and we just try to hang on and we clutch instead of releasing and, and letting, letting God's spirit move in the body. And uh, I tell you what, when that happens, uh, it can be a very difficult time for our churches. So please be in prayer for our, our, our leaders in churches that need to be revitalized. And there are some of them um, that, I've, that I've visited and we're gonna give whatever encouragement and help we can uh, to help them get back on track. Uh, to be a gospel-influencing presence in their community again. Uh, and so that would be my greatest desire uh, and need of prayer uh, going forward. Yeah, and with so many of church, of these churches, the pandemic certainly has not helped and has created an environment where the enemy has been very active in causing trouble in a lot of different ways. A lot of things that maybe would have been issues anyway were just amplified and made bigger by the pandemic. I know you spent a lot of time with pastors all over the place trying to, to help them, the pastors and boards and, and church members, uh, trying to help them navigate some of these difficult times. I know we talked about this a little bit uh, during the pandemic, towards the beginning of the pandemic, um, about just churches going through difficult times and other churches maybe being able to help in some way. And I just want to reiterate that, that you know our church wants to be there to, uh, to help and come alongside other churches in any way we can. Uh, whether that's uh, being a, a church for uh, for people that that are struggling and, and need a, a place to heal, uh, which we do that, or um, a church that can come alongside another church and bless and help them in some way. Uh, we, we really want to be about the kingdom, not just our own little area corner of St. Louis. I really appreciate that, Adam. And your your church family has already been a blessing. In my short time here in, in ministry in this role, I know your church and some of your staff have already reached out and helped others who are going through difficult times. And so I just want to say thank you and thank you for your availability in that way. Um, we'll, we, may, we may call on you in different ways in the future. And uh, thanks for being willing to, uh, to step up and help others who are in need. Yeah, and we and we hope you will. We we love our fellow EFCA churches. You know, a lot of the people that go to our church may not realize it, but we actually do a lot with the EFCA, um, especially on a staff and pastoral level. We partner with other EFCA churches. The EFCA has been a huge benefit to us, and and the pastors all kind of help each other and and mentor and and give insights. And I always tell people that the church is the one industry where it's considered a virtue to share trade secrets. And, and there's a whole lot of that going on where where we benefit from the larger EFCA network and and from our um, national and district staff like you, um, but also from our other pastors. And we just really, really help and support each other. And I, I love it. It's a great, great thing about our association. I want to ask you about the future of our district as you're uh, supervising that whole area. What do you see in the future for our district? What do you hope to see? So our focus is going to be life-changing churches, life-giving churches, I should say. A life-giving church, as I would define it, would be one that has really a very clear understanding of the gospel. And when you, when you get fired up about the gospel, I think of John chapter 4, 
and the mission statement, I believe the mission statement of Jesus is found in John 4, verse 34, where he said, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. And so he was all about the mission field, all about going to the cross, all about laying down his life that we might have life, giving away his life. And every time that Jesus shows up in the Gospels, it, it seems to me that life happens. And in that, we need, to be, we need to be churches that are life-giving. And the way that we do that, not only gospel-centered, but we are churches that are externally focused. If we're internally focused, if we're clutching and holding on to, we're missing the fact that in God's economy, the only way to add to a sum is to take away from it. I mean, that was, for me, when, when I was a pastor of churches that were, that were growing, they were churches that were externally focused and cared about the kingdom influence and, and weren't clutching and saying, hey, this is ours and something I want. It was, how can we give away this gospel that is so beautiful? And so in that also, I would say, church multiplication becomes important, whether or not you're planting a healthy church, a transformative church, or helping others plant another healthy transformative church. Another thing I, I, would, I would say is to be a place of compassion, to be a church of, uh, the world needs compassion and kindness that's described in Matthew chapter five. And in, in we, we do our good works so that people might see those good works and give glory to our Father who is in heaven. Because when they hear and feel that compassion that we have as people that carry the gospel, then they recognize that our Heavenly Father has a deep, incredible love for all of humanity. And in that, we, we gain the right to be able to share the truth with people who are hurting. And then finally, what I would say, one of my very favorite areas of ministry in the past in churches has been um, adoption and helping families begin to think about there's people in your church who can give financially to help others adopt and there are people in your church who want to adopt if every one of our churches could really take on some kind of vital adoption ministry we could put a dent in foster care in every city that we are uh, present and uh, i just feel like that may be one of the most beautiful pictures we can give um, but that's our goal, healthy, transformative, life-giving churches that think outside the walls and reach the community that they've been given an opportunity. Because Adam, as you know, one day we're going to have to give an account for all the things that we do in leading in his church. And I don't know about you, but I want to face the king, the creator one day, having known that I've given my life away so that others might know my Savior. Um, I, I missed one thing I want to share, and that is a discipleship pathway to making sure that we know who Christ is, we know how to live for him, and then we begin serving in a way that brings him glory. And so I don't want to forget that discipleship pathway that needs to be a part of a life-giving church. That's a great point. That stuff gets me fired up. Everything you just listed off there, it's just like, oh, yes, that is so, so good. And I, I love the adoption emphasis. I, I didn't expect you to go there, 
But I think that is so vital for us who care about life and, and we, we promote life, we're pro-life. Uh, we wanna see every life, every image of God viewed as sacred and special and, and raised up to know and follow him. And we've gotta be willing to take steps as a church to do more to help people um, who who are struggling with that. We, we just had our local um, pregnancy center come through this last Sunday and do a big presentation. We're raising money for them and they brought their mobile unit and everything. But an emphasis on adoption fostering would be so great. We actually were, uh, in, were talking with a family who was going to head up a ministry on that for us before the pandemic. And they ended up having to move away to a different state. And so we, we didn't, weren't able to continue that, but maybe somebody watching this right now would hear this and think, you know what, I want to help the church have an emphasis on this. We, we would need people to be able to step up and, and lead in that area and create a team for people to support people who are thinking about adoptions and continue to support people who have adopted because there are unique challenges there. So I, I love that. I'd love to see us do more in that area. What is one thing that you would stress? Um, you just mentioned a lot of great things, but what's the one thing that you would really love to see our churches in our district focus on over the next year? I would say unity, because if we're unified under Christ, under his authority, and all the peripheral stuff that usually divides us, if we can say that doesn't matter anymore, because we're, we're living in a world that needs truth and needs grace and needs it demonstrated with unity. Uh, I, don't, I, I look at the world, and I just am hungering for somebody to get along with each other. And if we don't see that in the local church and in leadership and, and in the congregation, we can't be petty, we can't be small, we have to be gospel-centered and put our own agenda kind of behind the greater need for the body to make an influence for the gospel. That, to me, if I could say one thing to every church, it would be that. Be unified in Christ. And uh, it is for uh, his glory, remember. Uh, and we're to grow up into him who is the head Jesus Christ, speaking the truth in love. And so when we do that, uh, I'll tell you what, I mean, God shows up in a powerful way and work gets done. I've seen it done. It's so, it takes your breath away. It's amazing when God shows up in a powerful way in his church and there's unity for the gospel and around the gospel, it, it is breathtaking and it's the most beautiful thing you could ever experience. So I would want that for you and every, every church we have in our district. That is so good. That is so good. Mike, I just want to tell you, you've been such a blessing to me and an encouragement. And I hope that this has been encouraging to everybody that watches as well. And one of my goals here is just to help our church um, get a little more connected to the broader network that we're a part of and realize that we are actually part of an association made up of hundreds of awesome churches that love each other, help each other, certainly all have struggles, but work together to help overcome those. And, and you're a big part of helping us do that. So thank you both for what you do in leadership in our association, but also for your help of me and First Free Church and the other churches in our region. We really, really appreciate you. Well, humbled to be a part and just thankful to be able to have a voice in the harvest and uh, come alongside. So we pray for your church family. We love your church family. And I look forward to having an opportunity to say hello in person to everybody there. God bless you, man. Thanks. Thanks, Mike.